Fantasy Baseball, we're back. We're recording today, Sleeper Relievers. And so last episode, well, we did the first year player draft episode. The episode before that, we did our top 10 relievers. And Clay, are you excited that we are done with rankings episodes and moving on to real baseball soon? Because I think Uh, you are. I am so excited. I mean, they're fun to do and it's fun to compare and it helps with your drafts, but my gosh, you know, three weeks from now, we'll, we might look like clowns. Who knows? It's just well, all part of it. That's the interesting thing about it, right, is that we're – this is true fantasy baseball. We're projecting the future, and it's true fantasy baseball. So, like, do we hate fantasy baseball if yeah. we want real baseball? Okay, we hate fantasy baseball. This is just fantasy baseball show. And we hate fantasy baseball. So that's the advertisement. But today, yeah, as I mentioned, we're doing sleeper relievers. Sleeper with a quotation around it. Because we're just going to kind of give our thoughts and feelings on um, the guys being taken outside the top 10. And then giving some options for some like deep cuts um, as like guys maybe that don't have a role yet. um, Because there's plenty of that. There's also so many question marks around some of these situations, man. Like... The Angels and Phillies are two really good teams, and I have. I'll, I'm going to start there actually while we're on the topic because yeah. the Angels, for example, really, really could be a good team. Like if they won 85 games, 88 games, like I would not be shocked. But their bullpen is just so weird. Like Carlos Estevez is projected to be their closer this year, coming over from Colorado. He's really never had any good years before. And then you have Jimmy Herget. Is that how you pronounce Jimmy it? Jimmy Herget, former Reds prospect, phenomenal player. He's, he's nasty. He might be the closer by the end of the year. He should be the closer at some point, but he's also one of those guys that, like, do you want him stuck in the closer role or do you want him to be a guy that you can just deploy in the high leverage situation? Because that's how, honestly, I would deploy him because he is so nasty. He's the go-to guy for me that I save for high leverage. And then you go over to the Phillies, and I think their situation is even more screwed up from a fantasy perspective. You have four guys that can legitimately get saves in the Phillies' bullpen. Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jose Alvarado, Gregory Soto, and Craig Kimbrell are all in that bullpen, all have saved games in the past before. It's like, I don't want any of, anything to do with any of those guys. And the Phillies could be a 90-win team. And they all come with their own headaches, right? Gre- Gregory Soto, anybody that's a Tigers fan will understand how frustrating he can be. Um, elite went on, though. But, you know, when, when we talk about these players... This is where you could get kind of interesting with your draft. You can go out and get some of the bona fide established relievers, or you can sit back, cherry pick it, get one or you know maybe one guy that we talk about today, and maybe two, and then you just wait and see how it plays out. But you have to be quick on the waiver wire because once one guy loses his job, that next person is going to be chomping at the bit. So it's really something that you have to monitor and kind of know ahead of time and select. It's risky, but you can play that game and be very successful. And like I said, last year in my draft, I ended up 
finishing the year with two guys that were not even drafted, both ended up being closers. That's one strategy. It's just high risk, but high reward. All right, Clay, give me your favorite guy outside the top 10 that you're drafting as your favorite, your favorite. David Bednar has got to be there. Um, A little bit concerned, just thought it was so weird how they used him at times last year, coming in for multiple innings um, before he got hurt. Um, I think he's on 131 right now. Um, Man, he backed up those 2021 numbers with another fantastic season, 2.61 ERA, 2.44 FIP. Um, The three-pitch mix, I love it, and he can use all of them to, to, to strike you out. If you're up to two strikes, it's not, man, I've got to really rely on my fastball here. He can use all of those pitches. He used them all about 25% as a put-away pitch. And um, a player that I think is not only good where he is, but there's always that rumbling if he gets traded, right? And if he gets traded, he's going to a contender, which will just make his value even higher. So if you want to sit back, draft him around 130, and just hope and pray that, A, he stays healthy and, you know, he'll pick up enough saves here and there, but hope and pray he gets traded to a legitimate contender. There could be a lot of value there. Yeah, I actually really like where he's going. I I was big on Peter and I were huge on him last year because he was being taken like ADP 250. Nobody was even paying attention to David Bednar and he's nasty. Um, I'm with you, Clay. I think even if he gets traded to a team like the Mets, for example, who just lost Edwin Diaz, you're getting even more value out of him. But I think the Pirates should win more games this year than they did last year. Um, Bednar only had 19 saves. And again, you mentioned how they kind of used him in a funky way. I think he was hurt for like a two to three week stretch as well, which kept him out of some games. So if he gets closer to 30 saves, his value pays off big time here. Um, Clay, the other guy that I've been in love with is your hometown guy, Alexis Diaz, who is Edwin's brother. And he is just filthy. Uh, four seam fastball had a 31% whiff rate last year. Um, batters hit just 127 off of that fastball. It's a ridiculous pitch. And then he has this slider with a 45% whiff rate. Like it's ridiculous. You look at also, I love this similar pitchers to Alexis Diaz, Christian Javier, Dylan Cease and Kenley Jansen. Wow. Good group to be a part of. Yeah, he was fantastic in his first season. Um, a player who struggled at times in the minors, and then, you know, once he got a, about, I think it was around 2021, he started to kind of kick, kick it into shape. And But it's all going to come down to walks with him. If he cannot find the zone, he could re- really lose that elite potential and drop down out of a closer role. The Reds did the weird thing last year where he was closing some games, setting out like they didn't really have a closer. Hunter Strickland was getting save opportunities. Hate that. Um, I don't really know what they're going to do this year. In my mind and what I think is the most likely outcome is he's the set closer. We have not seen that in the past year or two with David Bell as the manager. So it's a little bit iffy there, which is the They just haven't had a guy. Like he he's a true he's, guy, and I would yeah, expect and him to the best guy in the bullpen by far. But he was that last year too, and he didn't get the save opportunities he should. Have. I I compare it a lot to Camilo Doval because the same conversations were being had about Camilo Doval last year, where he wasn't closing every game. Um, 
And it's just because they're young. Like they're being yeah. kind of like, you know, given eased into it is the word I'm looking for. So Alexis Diaz is, is one of my favorites um, as is Bednar, but I know that you also love clay Holmes and I want you to talk about clay Holmes. Maybe yeah, you don't Clay clay Holmes. 2.54 ERA last year, 2.85 FIP. The sinker usage went up 60% from 2020 to last year. He understood that that's the pitch that he needs to use in order to get batters out. He only gave up one home run on it last year. Just elite movement, a 1.8% barrel rate. And a guy, again, I love a ground ball pitcher, especially out of the bullpen. 75.8% ground ball rate. Give me Clay Holmes. Um, he was he was good even before he came to New York. He started to turn the corner there, and he came, he came to New York and really took off. I think what's so important and what I love about Clay Holmes this year is the lack of confusion on who's the guy in the in the Yankees bullpen. Because last year you still had Chapman like holding on as kind of the closer, but not really. Like he came back, he got a little bit of a chance. Holmes imploded at one point in the season. Um, but this year, there's no question that Clay Holmes is the guy in that Yankees bullpen. You have Luisa guy after him. Wandy Peralta is the lefty in that pen. Michael King is more of a long reliever. Um, and then Ron Marinaccio, who is nasty, mm-hmm. but he's not a closer yet at this stage in his career. So, like, Holmes is the guy in this Yankees bullpen. Um, and I would definitely pay up for, for Holmes here as well. Um, all right, Clay, I want to bring up we're going to move down the board a little bit and we're going to start getting into talk about guys that don't necessarily have a clear role but they're freaking nasty um so one of those situations is is yohan duran with the twins um and the other situation there is is um andres munoz and paul seawald in seattle so let's start maybe in seattle because you have paul seawald who had a 2.67 ERA last year with a 2.64 expected ERA. He closed 20 games. But then you have Andres Munoz, who had a 2.49 ERA, a 1.84 expected ERA. He struck out over 13 per nine and was easily the best arm in that Mariners bullpen. And right now, there's really no clarity on who exactly is going to be closing the majority of games, or even if one will be closing majority of games. Like right now, it very realistically could be a split here. Um, but I think it's pretty easy to answer like who I'd rather have, especially because they're going similar, like they're going right around each other. Um, and Andres Munoz has to be the guy, right? Like there's yeah, more absolutely. upside there. He's the nastier pitcher, he's younger. Like, give me Andres Munoz every single day in that situation. Yeah, that's exactly the player that I targeted in my draft. And um, I know that we we are not the type that's just absolutely married to Savant pages and bubbles and whatnot. But, I mean, this guy's 99th percentile in K percentage, walk percentage, chase rate, velo, whiff. I mean, it, the whole list goes, just pull up his Savant page and you will actually be kind of surprised how dominant he, he was in those categories. And like you said, you know, it's it's the 13 Ks per nine, but it's also walking around two per nine. He's not one of these guys who has such nasty stuff that you strike out, but he's also going to, you know, walk three batters in an inning. I see it as maybe he may not be the closure day one, but 
man, that lease should be short on Paul Seawald if he is the closer. Totally. And I think the other thing, like, even though he's not going to be giving you saves at the beginning necessarily, like, even if he's not giving you saves, the other stuff he's giving you is so valuable that it it allows him to stay on your roster even if he's not giving you saves so that you can wait for him to get those saves. Um, Clay, I'm going to toss it over to you and talk about Yohan Duran because Jorge Lopez is the guy right now projected to you know get the most saves in that Twins bullpen, and I don't really understand it. Like Jorge Lopez, yeah, he had a good year last year for Baltimore. Um, two point five four ERA. This is a guy that converted from being a starter to being a closer, and three point three one expected ERA, three point four two FIP. He walked way too many for my liking, yeah. and he's just clearly not as good as Yuan Duran, who throws over a hundred has a nasty splitter um has a nasty curveball he's he's gross he's gross and lopez was a guy when he was a starter like we're talking like dfa candidate like they really thought man this is the end of the road with him he just wasn't very good let's just try him in the bullpen and he was good at the very end of 2021 and they said okay maybe he can have a shot in 2022 and he was good, and they flipped him immediately before anything went wrong, right? And um, I, I think he's a fine option. I don't see him as a closer. I think Duran has the closer stuff. Um, just absolutely gross movement. Throws 100 miles an hour, 60% ground ball rate, 35% strikeout rate. I mean, just an incredible pitcher who's, again, another example of a younger guy kind of taking time to come into his own. Yeah, I mean, and, and he should be able to lock down this closer role. Last year, he had a 34% K rate, top 4% of the league, a 1.86 ERA, and a 2.22 expected ERA, which is top 2% of baseball. Yeah, I think I'm taking him and like all day long. He legitimately might be, he could finish the year as the best relief pitcher in baseball. And I don't think we would be necessarily that surprised yeah. about that, right? Right. So my next guy, and I I, I want to talk through him with with you as well, is Alex Lang. And this is a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. And somebody who came onto the scene last year, and the Tigers had a sneaky good bullpen. I feel like a lot of people couldn't name the pitchers, but like, you know, when Will Vest and Jason Foley are pitching well, like it, it was kind of crazy at times, the names who were, you know, pitching well out of the Tigers bullpen. But Alex Lang really stuck out to me last season. I think he's going like ADP like 330 or something right now. He dropped his fastball and went to a curve, sinker, and changeup. The curveball is absolutely gross. 57% whiff rate. 56% whiff rate on the changeup. A 3.41 ERA, 3.25 FIP, 11 Ks per nine. Does have some issue with walks. If he can solve that, you're talking about a guy... Gregory Soto was moved out of the closer role by being shipped off to Philadelphia. Who's going to close games for the Tigers? I think Alex Lang has the best stuff to do it. And I think he gets the first opportunity or you know, opportunities in the first month with like Jose Cisnero, who's a vet, who's a veteran who pitches well, but you're a rebuilding team. Let's focus on Alex Lang and see what he can do. I absolutely love him as a sleeper pick. And playing in a ballpark like Detroit's going to help him as well. Yeah, he's very much that Gregory Soto type guy where like, I don't think Alex Lang is going to put up a 2.5 ERA, 
and get these saves, but I don't think it's going to matter. Like he's type of guy to put up like a mid three ZRA for the Tigers, but still get a bunch of saves. Like he's not going to hurt you too bad. He's going to get a bunch of strikeouts, walk too many guys for sure. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is a starter converted again to a relief pitcher. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, Clay, where it's like, just like in fantasy football, who has the opportunity? Alex Lang's going to have the opportunity to get saves and he's young enough where he should be able to hold down this role for the rest of the season. There's nobody else in that, in that Tigers pen that I'm like worried about. You mentioned Cisnero. They have Jay Foley. I don't even know who this is. Jason Jason Foley. Foley. Yeah. He, he, he was good last year. Now I watch way too much Tigers baseball. So I, I may be throwing some names out that, most people don't know, and there's a reason why you don't know that. Yeah, he but. struck out 16.8% of batters. I don't think he's going to take the closer role. Um, so, yeah, I'm on board with Lang as a really deep sleeper. Yeah. Um, I'm also on board with, I'm trying to think where or look where Pete Fairbanks is being taken. So, Pete Fairbanks is being taken considerably higher, um, ADP 196, but he was taken right near where Alex Lang was taken and drafted it recently. So like it's very league dependent here, but Fairbanks was ridiculously good last year, man. He came back from injury last year. He struck out 14 per nine. He walked one per nine. Like he literally walked 3.4% of batters last year. It struck out 43%. This was nowhere near anything he'd done in his entire career. Like before that, in the three seasons before that, his walk rate was 11%. His strikeout rate was 30%. Like he came back a completely different pitcher last year. And what did that lead to? A 1.13 ERA and a 1.03 expected ERA and a 0.86 FIP. Like he was literally a video game in 24 innings last year. Um, and I know that the Rays are like, it, it's it's weird to pick a Rays pitcher as your closer. But I think if there's anybody that's going to kind of break that mold, it's going to be him. I mean, he locked down eight saves in those 24 innings last year. And like, if he gives you 20 saves with these elite splits, he's more than worth the draft price. Um, And he's added a split finger now. So like four seam slider and split finger as if this guy needed another nasty pitch. It's ridiculous. So I'm really on the Pete Fairbanks train. He also is such a, like he looks like wild thing. Like he has a weird look to him where I'm like, this guy is such a club. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always hesitant because I've been burned in the past by picking up the Rays closer that, you know, week and it comes and goes like weather. So I don't dislike what you're saying. I don't. And I think he's a good pitcher. And I think you're on the right track here of like, why not take a risk with a guy who may not get the opportunity, but if he does, it's going to be awesome. When I'm taking the the risk of like, this guy will have the opportunity. I don't know how good he'll be, right? It's the same kind of give and take, but there is a guy I wanted to, t- to touch on real quickly. And it's a guy that I don't like at all. And that's Daniel Bard, former... Red Sox. So I don't know how you feel about him, Colby. I hope I'm not striking a nerve here or, you, you know, anything like that. But a 1.79 ERA last year for Colorado, 2.86 fifth, 34 saves, right? Fantastic pitcher. I don't think so, man. Uh, 37 years old, still throws gas. But this is a guy that the last time, and this is kind of a cherry pick stat, no way. 
The last time he had an ERA under three was 2010. Besides that's last so season. cherry picked. Now, of course, he took that's several ridiculous. years. He was off. out of the league for seven years. That's not nice. But look at all the other. I mean, he just. I just don't think he's that great. I think he's playing in Colorado, which does not help his case. I think that he had a good year last year. I don't see that as the norm. 2021 was not nearly as good. Now he could be a very much, much a candidate to get traded. You know how Colorado is. It's so strange. We don't know what they're thinking. He signed an extension, but I don't really know what Colorado's plan is. I don't think anyone does. They just keep signing mediocre to like above average players for really long deals. So maybe he doesn't get traded. And in that case, I don't want him at all, especially at Coors. So you're saying you don't want the 38-year-old pitcher coming off of a career best season that plays in Coors Field and has a history of the yips and also just injured Jose Altuve in maybe the biggest moment of his career. You don't think that's that's a guy you want to invest a lot of draft capital in? That's your not no. Top top one fifty pick, no, no. Okay, well, I agree. I agree. I think, yeah, I think you're pretty spot on there, Clay. I mean, I just glad we're on the same page, yep, man. Shake your hand there. Um, can we talk about some more guys that don't have roles currently that I think could be interesting to target? Actually, before we do that, I do want to talk about Scott Barlow. That was just what I was about to say. Yeah, um, because I'm staying far, far away from that situation. Like, I I love Scott Barlow as a pitcher. But that whole Royals situation is just a bad situation that I do not want to get involved in. Aroldis Chapman comes in, like, is he going to get an opportunity to to close games? I just, I think the Royals are my most hated sports franchise in baseball, or baseball franchise, that is. Like, I just oh, hate the really? way that that team, I hate the way that that team is run. I'm not saying, like, yeah. hate from, okay. like, as a Red Sox fan. Like, I'm saying yeah. hate as, like... Is- it's a As very a frustrating from a data person. Like even God, from like a non-fan is... of theirs, like it's just a frustrating thing to see happen. This team is just not well run and hasn't been well run for the last 15 years. It, it's a miracle they won a World Series. It really is a miracle they won a World Series. Um, but yeah, now Aroles Chapman's in the mix there, and I just don't want to pay up for um Scott Barlow at the price. Yep. So what is he going? What what's the ADP there, Clay? 152 i believe okay yeah no no so we have some situations to talk about i'm sure that you have some i know that a lot of people are saying oh well like how about the bad teams how about the a's what are they doing those teams i think we can almost put a blanket on a lot of them that it's a lot of wait and see but i know that you wanted to talk about a few specifically so let's yeah yeah i'm actually going to talk about a few handcuff options um, because I think those are like interesting. So the first handcuff I want to talk about, and I mentioned him in, in the top 10 episode when we talked about um Helsley. I want to bring up Giovanni Gallegos because he's being taken really, really late in drafts. Um, this is a guy that's closed 14 or say has 14 saves in the last two seasons. Um, he has a 3.04 ERA in those seasons. So it's a guy that's gotten it done in back-to-back seasons. Um, the Cardinals definitely trust him and can, he's shown that he's able to, to close games. Um, but now Helsley comes in, he's throwing 102 and he's nasty and you know, he's the guy, but it's a pretty limited sample on Helsley. So like 
if you're in a really deep league, I think Gallegos at the price is like a really interesting guy that's going to perform well um, without getting the saves, but really could be thrown into this into this closer role if Helsley gets hurt or if he's not performing. Remember, guys that throw 102 puts a lot of stress on the arm, stress on the body. Like there is injury risk here with Helsley as well. Um, so I do like Gallegos as a guy either to put at the top of your watch list or if you're in a deeper league as a, a flyer closer. I like that. I like that a lot. So do you have one? Do you have a guy that you like really deep that like you're I have one more that I did want to bring up. No, Actually, go ahead. More. I have two more <laughs> for the deep league guys. I have all of mine out of the way. Okay. Well, I want to bring to your attention a guy that you're you're not going to know who this is. Kevin Ginkle. I didn't know who this was before I was looking through the, the fan graphs ranks and just looking at depth charts earlier. Kevin Ginkle was really, really damn good last year for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I was just about to say, can you guess what team he's on? But you may have looked it up earlier. So Kevin Ginkle last year, a 3.38 ERA, a 2.9 expected ERA, and a 2.74 FIP. His slider is nasty. Um, 45% whiff rate on the slider last year. And he added two miles an hour to his fastball last year. So this is a guy that's like really come out of nowhere. Um, and he doesn't really have any competition clay. Like his only competition on the diamondbacks is I couldn't even tell you I'm pulling up right now. Andrew Chafin or Joe Mansply. And Mansply is not going to close Miguel Castro. Like, is Chafin going to close? No. I'm I'm honestly betting on Kevin Ginkle closing games. Man, they do not have a good option. I was kind of sitting here thinking, like, who would be the worst option to close games for them? Like, there's a really long list of that, but I'll, I'll trust you on, on this one, Colby. I had never heard of that name until you texted me, and I quickly Googled him. Um, so I'll... Thank you for teaching me something today, and I hope that you taught everyone else out there or something. I'm telling you, Kevin Ginkle is the next closer for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And, like, yeah, is he going to close 25 to 30 games? No. But if you're in a really deep league, I think he picks up 15 saves this year, and he could be pretty good along the way doing that. Like, he has two pitches that are good. So, yeah, that's my, like, really, really deep cut that you definitely don't have to draft. But, like, if Let's you're talk desperate. about it. Yeah, why not? Um, who's the last so guy? The last guy is the David Bednar gets traded, uh, handcuff, and it's Will Crow. Yeah, <laughs> Will Crow, the stuff has apparently looked better this spring. And okay, time out. That's what every single report every single year is about every single pirates pitcher how long have we been hearing this go on sorry i just had to get the mitch keller agenda off, off my chest there go on sorry yeah I, yeah i don't know maybe maybe keller actually could be good this year he was he finished the year really strong last year we have a opening day starter you know what clay i just want to give a, like a pat on our back for like this being the first time that mitch keller has come up on this show like being a fantasy baseball podcast yeah. and we're talking about mitch keller for the first time but let yeah. me just bring up mitch keller's second half numbers real quick last year 3.09 era the fip was so so yeah i'm not bought in on mitch keller <laughs> never mind just like that all right go on will crow 
Yeah, Will Crow is a starter turn reliever, and I think in his second season as a reliever, I think he he the stuff could play up here, and the stuff at Port reportedly has been playing up in camp. Um, so I'm just kind of curious about him. Like, I'm not saying draft him or do keep anything, an but like keep an eye on him, especially like with how Bednar. If Bednar gets straight, that's the only thing I wanted to bring up here. Will Crow is the backup option there. So Kevin Ginkle, though, listen to me on Kevin Ginkle. Like, don't get distracted by my Will Crow comments. Kevin Ginkle is the future of the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's now we're ending the show. Kevin Ginkle. All right, that was sleeper relievers. We'll catch you guys next time. Adios.